We go and grab a quick bite. We watch a movie, then fight. We're the Fast Food Film Friends. You're listening to Fast Food Film Friends, the show that finally gives the world a raw, behind-the-scenes look at the inner lives of two of America's sweethearts and the food that goes into their bodies. That is right, Nathan. Today, uh, we will be talking about Miss Americana, the good old T-Swift documentary that is now streaming on Netflix. While eating Taco Bell's buffalo chicken nacho fries. Nothing says Americana like some uh, French fries from a Mexican restaurant. That's right. Nacho fries. From IMDb, the plot summary of Miss Americana reads as follows. A look at iconic pop artist Taylor Swift during a transformational time in her life as she embraces her role as a singer-songwriter and harnesses the full power of her voice. Wow. Uh... We'll get into it. Actually, you know what? Let's cover this Taco Bell bit before we dive into our, our thoughts on T-Swift in general. They harness the full power of nacho fries. That's right. Uh, from TacoBell.com, the Buffalo Chicken Nacho Fries Burrito features seasoned nacho fries, shredded chicken, shredded cheddar cheese, warm nacho cheese sauce, pico de gallo, reduced fat sour cream. <laughs> Thank God we're watching our, watching our health with the reduced fat. And Taco Bell's first ever tangy buffalo sauce you and i are fans of buffalo sauce mm. typically even just some basic some reds or something you know oh, yeah. it, it does the trick sign me up and you know taco bell i feel like gets a lot of flack for kind of taking all the same ingredients mm-hmm. and just mixing them up and putting them on different vessels to go into your mouth but yeah. uh here's something all new brand new i'm excited about first this. ever tangy buffalo sauce coming out of taco bell i'm also excited about this i've had a lot of run-ins with these nacho fries from taco bell mm-hmm. always disappointed uh they're always soggy Almost flavorless, so I think a little buffalo sauce will kick it up. I think in the burrito format, we're we're in a whole new whole new world, really. Uh, and uh, you know, let's uh, just I trust you. Show me the world. My hopes are high, but before we dig into those, how about we make some time for some nimble news? It's been a while, Nathan. I've got a lot of nimbies. Nimble news. Nimble news is the part of the show where we review all things new as quickly as we can do. That means new music, shows, purchases, experiences, or even new food or movies that we don't have time for in our main discussion. Now, Kevin, before we get started, I would like to propose a new feature, if you will, oh. to Nimble News. You know what's funny, Nathan, is I was thinking about proposing some some updates myself to well, Nimble News. Well, let me just lay this out. Let me like tell you what I'm our thinking. own standalone Nimble News episode. Perhaps. Let me tell you what I'm okay. thinking. All right, all right. I would like to introduce something I like to call the homework handoff. Oh. Okay, think of it like a baton. Yeah. When right. I give you a homework handoff, I'm passing you the baton and assigning you to report back on a future episode with a nimble news review mm-hmm. on a specific thing of my choosing. Could mm-hmm. be, you know, movie, book, experience, anything. Yeah. There's no deadline to complete your homework handoff. However, you're only able to pass the baton back and give me a homework handoff once you've fulfilled your own assignment by giving your review on Nimble News. Mm. What do you think of that? I think it sounds a lot like an idea I pitched to you not too long ago, uh, which was essentially the same thing without an alliterative title. I think uh, that this is, I mean, this is a, it's a formal and structured and, and most importantly, limited way of doing this. Fine. Yeah. Steal my idea. Cut out all the fun parts. Make it homework. And then let's go. I, you know, I'm no, you know what? I'm for it. I'm assuming you have a homework assignment for me. I do. Okay. Um, I'm going to do it right away. And I have so many things that I'm going to homework <laughs> you. Uh, and that's a, now a verb, apparently. Uh, homework handoff. A little provocative with the name there, but, uh, you know, we can run with it. I like the idea. I'm game. I'm excited to hear what my homework is. So does it have to be something you have watched or experienced or tried? No. And I don't think it even has to be something that what, like the other person like reviews in the show. Like, I think it'd be fun if 
I just throw something out there. I don't tell you what I think of it. And then you mm-hmm. come back and just give me your thoughts and we can kind of, we can talk through our, our differing opinions. You're opening up. Uh, <laughs> I think this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I know, but I can, I can go tell you to go try Subway's new 18 foot party sub. And it may take me a few weeks to finish that sub. That's fair. All so all right. your assignment, your homework handoff to have completed on a future episode mm-hmm. of our show. Mm-hmm. Is very quick and simple. Oh, lovely. It is a song called Yummy. Mm-hmm. And it is by Justin Bieber. Fuck you, dude. I, I want you to listen to the song. I don't want to And listen. come back and give me your thoughts. Now, yeah. you've got your assignment. Do you want to go ahead and start us off with this week's Nimble News? Sure. And go. I recently tried Dry January for the first time in my life. I successfully navigated this tumultuous month uh, without a drop of adult beverages. Uh, overall, didn't see a huge swing in any direction for really any major part of my life. I do think my skin was a little better. Uh, no hangovers was nice. Um, but I'm probably going to dive back into the to the to the deep end of the adult life. Um, I'd say, you know what? Go give it a shot. I think everyone should try it. It is nice. Kind of like a reboot, reset. Um, I will probably drink less after this month because it, it feels good to not have a hangover and be swollen, uh, as I say, for hangover. Fuzzy. Worth a shot, but not as amazing as some people make it out to be. Did you enjoy like the exercise and self control? Like, does it does it yeah. does it carry over to other parts of your life and make you kind of more? I will constrained? say. I left like a bottle of whiskey in my cabinet. I had beers in my fridge from when people came over. It is kind of like a, I'm crushing this self-control wise. And like I started going to the gym more too. I will say I probably lost a, a couple, you know, pounds of fat. Lean and mean now, Nathan. So let's get some Taco Bell in me. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it felt it feels good. It feels good to be like, yeah, I didn't do it that whole month. I'm happy for you, but also happy that you're done. I am too, because you know what we're going to drink tonight, Nathan? A little treat I, uh, I cooked up for you. An adult beverage. Uh, we'll get more into that later. Baja Blast? No, we're not that adult yet. I had Culver's Colby Jack Pub Burger, oh, which yeah. is topped with Wisconsin Colby Jack cheese, crispy onions, and four pepper mayo with a touch of A1 steak sauce on a lightly buttered everything bun. Mm-hmm. That crispy onion texture was very nice, and the flavor of the A1 mixed with the spicy mayo was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the bun was very weird and spongy, which I would not have expected from Culver's. <laughs> so I'd say this burger is worth trying as long as you ask for a plain bun instead. No one likes spongy buns. No. Nobody. On the exact opposite note, I tried Nathan's childhood favorite, the gondola sandwich. This was weeks ago. I don't even remember how many episodes ago. You brought this up. I feel like you brought this to me from Illinois around Christmas time. Yeah. Right and, and we have not done an NBA news since yeah. then. Which I've is been insane. waiting. <laughs> uh, granted, this was a day old. It was. I bought it that morning. It was okay. transported in a cooler. Okay. And it across was missing, state lines. It was illegally. It was missing <laughs> lettuce. Just the lettuce. I mean, the, pl- the plain one, which is what I got you. Yeah. It, it's like salami, ham, American cheese yeah. on bread. And mm-hmm. it, yeah, missing lettuce because the lettuce does not keep. Yes. I heated it up, I believe, in my oven to kind of toast it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, to represent freshness. The sandwich is really simple. You just described all the ingredients. Yet the textures complement each other so well. The toasted bread, the melted cheese, the oily meats. It is a well-conducted orchestra. 
I added secret aardvark sauce, which has become my new favorite hot sauce, like a sriracha with some tang. And I added that to the tail end, and it was a true revelation. I would highly recommend getting this sandwich from... Avanti's. Avanti's. In central Illinois. That's, that's right. <laughs> if, you're in the, if you're in the area, the gondola sandwich was a perfect example of what every sandwich should be. And I fully understand your obsession with it now. I'm so glad that I could spread some joy into your life for mm-hmm. once. You have to get secret aardvark sauce, though, ASAP. And try no, that. we tried it on the show, and I really liked it. On the gondola. To me, um, I'm aware that there's so many toppings and sauces that would improve the gondola. But and it's gondola. I don't know why I'm saying it like no, you, but fair, yeah. but to me, there's something just sacred and nostalgic yeah. about the exact combination mm-hmm. that I never really mess with it. It is perfect. I, like I said, it is perfect. I ate most of the sandwich without anything. And then I just thought, I wonder if it would be good. And I would eat this sandwich every day plain for the rest of my life. <laughs> I did that for a, a long portion of my good. own life. Yes. I watched about the first half of the 2006 romantic comedy, The Breakup. Starring Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn in basically the most quintessential roles. He's a quippy schlub. Mm-hmm. She's a sharp gal who could do so much better. And yeah. dilemmas ensue. Part of me was tempted to look up the rest of the plot on Wikipedia the next day. Because I figured I may never actually get around to watching the rest of it. Then I had this epiphany. Which is that the secret to enjoying crappy rom-coms is to stop watching before mm-hmm. you reach the ending. Which is likely to be cliche and disappointing so i'm just gonna leave the latter half to my imagination forever and say that this movie was just fine i like that i like it you know what it's uh yeah it is that's about it i binged the entire series living with yourself on netflix the paul rudd what i thought was going to be a comedy and i cannot recommend this show enough paul rudd playing both characters with such nuanced differences is so fun to watch it is an incredibly addicting show I could not stop watching it. It's not even, it's definitely, it's not at all what I expected. It's not a straight comedy. It is a drama at times. It is suspenseful. It has a great score. Nathan, you would love the score. I know you're a big score guy. Great theme music too. It's just, it totally surprised me and I, I, everyone needs to watch it. I haven't heard much about it. Nobody I know has watched it. Um, It's quick. It's like eight episodes that are 20 minutes long and it is so good. I honestly cannot recommend it enough. I got a Quip toothbrush for Christmas. Ooh. And considering that we are the only podcast in the world that is not sponsored by Quip, <laughs> take it from someone with no conflicts of interest. I don't know what I've been doing all these years with all those other electric toothbrushes because this thing is great. Wow. It feels nice in your hand. It's got a slick design. It has this timer that tells you when to move to a new zone in your mouth so that you give each area the time it deserves. <laughs> But above all else, the way the bristles vibrate feels like a straight-up massage for your teeth. And my teeth do a lot of work, so I think they deserve it. Uh, In other dental news, I got a filling last week, and my bite's all messed up because of it. Well, if you had brushed with a quip, maybe that would not have happened. Might be right. In trying to be a 2019 film completist, I watched the 2019 Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson film The Hustle a couple weeks ago. It is so fucking bad. I don't understand how this movie was made. It is so ridiculous. I cannot handle that it actually exists. It is a fairly high budget movie, and it seems like the script was written by transcribing the lines of a mediocre live improv night. It is so stupid and so outlandish. I just cannot understand how this thing exists and how it was made and how it was funded. I want people to watch it because I honestly feel like I had a dream maybe and didn't actually watch it. 
and just imagine this ridiculous thing in my mind. I cannot tell you the turns this movie took. Not even, I, there's no words. It's the worst. I think it might be the worst movie I've ever seen. In a couple weeks, I'm going to Austin, Texas for the first time. Hey. And so naturally, I did some research about places to see, things to do while I'm there. And throughout all these articles I was reading, I kept seeing this movie get mentioned over and over. It's this movie called Slacker. Are you familiar with Slacker? No. It's one of the first films by Richard Linklater, who wrote and directed like Boyhood, the Before Trilogy, tons of good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it was put out in like 1990. The basic structure of Slacker is that you'll be following a couple characters having a conversation while they're walking down the street or something. The conversation ends, they part ways, and the camera follows one of them to the next place mm-hmm. where they cross paths with a different person or group of people. And then once that interaction's over, the camera follows a new person. So that process repeats throughout the entire film. So there's no overarching plot or main characters. Interesting. It's just this series of vignettes, basically. And so... Because of that, the most prominent aspect of the film is the setting, which is Austin. Mm. So it kind of makes you feel like you're a tourist just catching glimpses into all sorts of like strange and interesting people's lives as you explore this place. The budget was $23,000. Wow. Which, like, it's actually pretty surprising considering some of the camera shots they're able to pull off. Actually, some cool long shots, some cool, mm. you know, tracking bits here and there. I really like this movie. I'm happy to say that I obtained this film. Using my brand new library card. Wow. And even though it's not a book, I think it still counts as research. Yeah. And uh, I do just, after one Google, it is available for free on YouTube as well. For Perfect. everyone else who <laughs> doesn't like putting in as much work as Nathan does to find <laughs> movies to watch. Uh, I'm actually really intrigued by that, and I'm going to watch that. I have a friend down in Austin uh, who actually, incidentally, is the biggest Taylor Swift fan that I know. Regardless, um, Austin's great. Go to Hamilton Pool. Hamilton, is it an actual pool? Hamilton, it's like a natural pool. It's amazing. It's the coolest place. Just outside Like a Austin. lake? No. Can you explain the difference between a natural, natural pool, pool and a lake? Size? Probably it's smaller than a lake. So it's not a pond? It's a pool. <laughs> it's a pool. There is a, it's filtered. There is There's chlorine, there is but it's natural. It's not like man-made. It's a natural pool. I don't know what the difference is. Nothing. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a delineating factor there, and I loved Hamilton Pool. I recently watched the entire first season of The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I don't know what channel it's normally on, but you can stream it on Disney+. Plus. I am a naturally big Jeff Goldblum fan. I'm a fan of his work. I'm a fan of just how absurd he is as a person. And this show, it is following him. You know, there's topics. Each episode is a topic like denim, barbecuing, sneakers, And it's him getting really in-depth with people in these industries talking about, you know, just the facts surrounding these items, their origins. Watching him just interact with other people, it is like he is a true space alien who has (laughs) never seen anything outside of, like, his house. He's amazed by everything. He's got these little lines that are, like, so cheeky and weird, and he's flirty with everyone in a overtly sexual way, but, like, somehow still really reserved. I could watch him just walk around the city for years. I love this show. It is fascinating. It's actually got really amazing and well done visuals. um, And it's just interesting information as well. But his interactions with people, his lines, somebody started running past him for some reason and just went, oh, quick sticks. And I was like, that's my new favorite line in the world. Uh, He is an enigma. He is amazing. Watch the world according to Jeff Goldblum. You will not be let down. It is so worth your time. Similar to Quick Sticks, my next one's about a quick skit. Mm -hmm. 
I tried a McDonald's new McChicken biscuit, which is basically just a patty from a McChicken, but on a buttered biscuit. Where are you finding all these specialty McChickens? I've asked every McDonald's I've gone to. I've asked for the spicy McChicken that you tried once. Now that you got a biscuit McChicken, you've got like some insider scoop. The hot and spicy McChicken, which I reviewed a few episodes ago, is not available in our area. I had it and I was in Illinois. The McChicken Biscuit and the McChicken McGriddle, which I have not yet had, but definitely will, is available nationwide right now. Hmm. You can go to your local McDonald's during breakfast hours because they apparently no longer offer any biscuit items outside of breakfast hours. What about McGriddle? I think they're both just during breakfast hours, which was a bummer, but I got it before work one day. I thought we were past you know, the limited so breakfast times with McDonald's. But. McDonald's is clearly trying to compete with Chick-fil-A and their chicken biscuits. All I'll say is that while the McDonald's version isn't quite as good, it does make me feel a bit less ethically compromised when I bite into it. Yeah, I like that. I came across the album I Want to Meet Richard Dreyfus" by Gabriel Gundacker. I don't even remember how I came across this. Uh, somebody's going to be mad at me for not crediting them. But it is one of the most amazing pieces of art I've ever been able to witness. It is this man, Gabriel Gundecker, really wants to meet Richard Dreyfus, And he starts just, he writes one song and then it turns into a whole album about why he wants to meet Richard, why he should be able to meet Richard, references to his movies that are fantastic. The songs are actually good. Uh, and his impression is even better of Richard Dreyfus. It's so pure. It's just a man with a simple wish to meet Richard Dreyfus. It's like a 26 minute album. It's a roller coaster of emotions and has quite the ending for a 20 minute album. I love everything about it. It is truly a work of art. Please listen to every track on I Want to Meet Richard Dreyfus by Gabriel Gundacker. It's been a while since I've checked out a new podcast because I am just forever behind on the ones I already listen to. And every time I try to catch up, there's five new episodes waiting for me. It's just a constant onslaught of audio. But then I heard about this new show and thought, this sounds so good, I cannot not check this out. And honestly, in the back of my mind, when I pressed play, I was hoping that it was bad so I wouldn't have to subscribe and fill my feed with more stuff. But after the first episode, I was completely hooked. It's called Newcomers, and it's hosted by Lauren Lapkus, who's an improv comedian I who love I love. Lauren Lapkus. And Nicole Byer, who's the host of Nailed It on Netflix, and she has some of her own podcasts. The first season of Newcomers is centered on Star Wars. So the premise is that Neither of them have ever seen any of the Star Wars movies before. So they're watching them together one by one in the order the films are released. And for each one, they do an episode where they talk through their initial reactions and try to make sense of what they just watched because they're aware of so many bits and pieces of the Star Wars story since it's so prominent in our culture. So they had like very specific expectations went into it. But then right off the bat, the first movie is clearly not at all what they expected (laughs) And the best part about it is that on each episode, they're inviting a different friend of theirs who loves Star Wars to join them as a guest on the show. It's exactly exactly what I wanted to do, Nathan. (laughs) It is so fun to hear the two of them asking questions to a guy who's seen these movies a million times but has never really examined them in the way that they do. (laughs) And personally, as someone who was obsessed with these movies as a kid... When I listen to this podcast, there's so many moments when Warren or Nicole would ask something or point something out, and I would go, huh, I've never thought of that. This show is just absolute gold. Again, it's called Newcomers, and I cannot wait for them to get to the prequels. Oof. I'm adding that to my list. I finally watched the 2019 movie Ready or Not. I've been wanting to see this movie for a while and was very excited. I thought I was going to like it going in. There is some really, truly great buildup in this movie. It is a very suspenseful movie. 
the way that this terrifying game and everything is exposed to this poor woman uh, is one of the most masterful scenes I've seen. Um, absolutely loved it. Adam Brody is surprisingly solid in this movie. Missed him from the OC. Haven't seen him in a while. There are some absolutely absurd characters in this movie. One who keeps messing up and accidentally killing people. Uh, there's just a lot of moments in this movie that are stand out to me. The first time she sees herself in a mirror after a lot of stuff has happened to her. A scene in the kitchen with a butler. It is a super wild ride. A really fun movie. Uh, and I would really recommend if you're into kind of horror suspense movies, checking out Ready or Not if you haven't already. I had a Netflix DVD and I couldn't find it anywhere. But I was really impressed with this movie and am surprised that it didn't get uh, more love, really, just in the general world. There was definitely a lot to like about it for me. Um, I was really not into kind of like the middle portion. I, I felt like there was some wasted potential. But I think that the worst thing about that movie Man. is that it came out in the same year as Knives Out. Yes. Because you'll, you'll get a lot of the same vibes, but mm-hmm. Knives Out is such a stronger movie. It is. I think that's part of why. Because I think I feel like Ready or Not is the kind of film that maybe in any other year, like as the year went on, people would have maybe some word of mouth that would have kind of. Yeah. People would have been renting it more and stuff, but this year there was like there was a kind of similar film that just totally yeah. overtook that. I think this one it takes itself a lot less seriously than Knives Out. I think this one's kind of like a, a Cabin in the Woods type horror movie. You know, it's it's kind of a you know almost a parody of a horror movie, and I think it acknowledges that, and you know what it mm-hmm. is going in. Whereas Knives Out is much not a hundred percent serious, but it's not mocking itself at times. You know. Yeah, I, I guess there's a small line, but you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. totally overshadowed by Knives Out. Well, that's all the time that we have for Nimble News. But uh, before we get chowing down on these burritos, we got some special business to take care of. Do we? Because today marks the fifth time oh. that we featured Taco Bell on our show. Oh, my which God. Which means it's time to induct America's favorite quasi-Mexican food chain to an elite group of all-stars. Yes. Known as the Fast Food Film Friends Five-Timer Hall of Fame. I uh, forgot that we were doing this tonight, but I'm very excited as Taco Bell is one of my favorite, if not favorite, fast food restaurants, and I think it should have been the first one inducted. As we reflect on the Taco Bell items that we've eaten on the show in the past, I think it's worth noting that we featured them on four episodes Mm. within our first eight or nine months of the podcast, and in the last year, they've not been featured one time. Uh And it's it's not because we don't want to. like We've been clamoring to bring them back. Yes. I've been checking their website. (laughs) I do it fairly often to see what's new on their menu. They were not innovative in 2019. No. They were doing nothing new, which is They were developing this brand new buffalo sauce for 2020. (laughs) It's taken them The first new thing they've done. In our second episode... We ate the Triple Melt Burrito, mm. which featured seasoned beef, shredded three-cheese blend, and nacho cheese, all in a tortilla. Yep. Now, the biggest problem with this burrito, if you recall, my, was... My stomach just growled. I am so hungry, and we're going <laughs> to... Instead of eating burritos, we're going to talk through five delicious <laughs> items. The biggest problem with this burrito was the cheese distribution was all off. After oh, our first off. couple bites... Pockets. It wasn't even that cheesy. The cheese wasn't very melted. Your exact quote after your first bite was, they might have actually forgotten the nacho cheese. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And about halfway through, we found those pockets, and yeah. it was it was just a letdown. Yeah. Not the burrito experience you want. Oh. We also drank some freezes with those burritos. Oh, I had yeah. the strawberry Skittles freeze, which had such an overwhelming artificial Skittles flavor that I had a hard time getting it down. Yep. Not refreshing at all. It's rare you, for you. You had It is. You had the Mountain Dew Baja Blast freeze, which you enjoyed very much <laughs> because it literally just tastes like an extra cold Baja Blast. <laughs> I, re- I remember specifically just drinking mine so satisfied and laughing almost hysterically at <laughs> your misery because you did not enjoy you were so upset that you got the strawberry one the freezes were not even our spoiler snacks those are just wow, the we were, drinks that we chose to have with yeah, the entrees we young man going hard back then. <laughs> we used to go big our spoiler snack was these cinnabon delights Ooh. which are bite-sized pastries filled with cinnabon frosting topped with cinnamon sugar and served warm those were delicious those were delightful we've had a few experiences on the show with cinnabon fast food collabs yep and they've ranged from great to phenomenal. And I think those are right there in the middle. Yeah. Very I good. Would agree. I would agree. Uh, I ate some of the Cinnabon frosting through a straw. You sure did. You which, stuck it right into one of those little dough balls. Which I'd recommend to anyone. I would recommend not being in the same room when Nathan does that. On our fifth episode, we had the Naked Chicken Chalupa, which features this all-white meat crispy chicken shell, mm-hmm. Mexican spices and seasoning, shredded lettuce, tomatoes, cheddar cheese, creamy avocado ranch sauce. And then there was also the Wilder Naked Chicken Chalupa, yeah. which instead of the avocado ranch, there was a smoky wild sauce. Uh, this is Now, that episode, it was with Evil Genius, the Netflix mm-hmm. uh, series? Yeah, Definitely. it was like a miniseries. Uh, and that's one of our most listened to episodes for some reason. I've never really been able to wrap my head around that. People like I think that the chalupas just sounded so naked. good. It I had think to be people it. Google the word naked and then click on the first, one, the first so result. Naked. We really like those. We like those oh, yeah. those shells. Um, you likened that crispy chicken shell to a cafeteria chicken patty, mm-hmm. which checks. Out. I mean, that was like one of my favorite things to eat at school when I was a kid. Yep. So it, yep. it was good. The smoky wild sauce on the wilder chalupa did not add as much of a kick as we thought. Nope. That was a little it was disappointing. Weak. It was weak. Our spoiler snack on the episode was these cinnamon twists, which are those crispy puffed corn twists that are sprinkled with cinnamon and sugar. They're mostly air. I love them. <laughs> I like. I put them on my tongue and I let them melt and then I just... Ugh. They're great if you want to get sugar all over yourself. But, you know, as a light dessert, they do the trick. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're great. And Calorie t- saver. Yeah. In our 10th episode... Another calorie saver. God, we, we had the Taco Bell heavy. We they had yeah. so much good stuff. They were, they back were to innovating, back, innovating. In number ten, we had the Nacho Fries Supreme. Mm. This was my first experience with Nacho Fries. Period. Yep. And the Nacho Fries Supreme feature those fries topped with seasoned beef, diced tomatoes, reduced fat, sour cream, and warm nacho cheese sauce. The fries themselves, as you alluded to earlier, they were damp and flavorless. Yeah. And they were topped with. Just the most classic Taco Bell ingredients. Mm-hmm. And like, as we said, there's a million ways to talk about to get those ingredients on various things. So why would you eat them on limp fries? It was yeah. like hard to even make get in your mouth. Doesn't make sense. But the episode took a little bit of a swing because our spoiler snack was the caramel apple empanada. Oh, the, oh why do you even say that in front of me right now? They're just delectable. They're we, not on the menu anymore, Nathan. I know. That gooey they took caramel, them off the menu. That crispy crust, those soft apple chunks. <sighs> I think that if there's one reason that Taco Bell deserves to be in the five-timer Hall of Fame, it's because of those empanadas. And if there's one reason they deserve to have that title stripped from them, it's because they snatched those empanadas from our hands. I cannot tell you how disappointed. I think I told this story. I After we recorded that episode, I think like later that week, or maybe even way down the road, I was with my coworkers. We had walked to a different restaurant for lunch. We were walking past a Taco Bell, and I thought, oh my god. 
I'm going to get a caramel apple empanada. I was so excited. I had kind of been thinking about it, ta- telling them about it on the way back to the, to our office and walked in, was looking on the menu and I, I didn't see it. And the guy was like, can I help you or anything? And he's, I go, yeah, could I get a caramel apple empanada? And he went, man, we don't sell those anymore. And I just slumped. I just like f- turned into mush. And I, and he literally saw how depressed I looked and he was like, I know, man, I know. And I walked out and all my coworkers were like, Oh, we're so excited. Did you get a, like a couple? And I was like, they don't have it. And, and they consoled me for the rest of the day. It was all they could do. It was. I'm glad that you had people to console you after you found that out because you, when you texted me about it, I was alone yeah. and it was a dark night. You didn't come out of your room for days. In episode 20, Mm. We oh god! We took on the Taco Bell dollar cravings value menu. This is our top ten of 2018 episode. Yep. We started with a beefy Fritos burrito, which did not contain many Fritos, but there was plenty of cheese on this. Yeah. My exact quote was that it is a totally okay item. Yep. That checks out. We then went on to the shredded chicken quesadilla melt, which it lacked their standard quesadilla Southwest sauce. Yeah. Which was Why are you just, even making a quesadilla? Exactly. The Instead, sauce. there was some sort of barbecue sauce that we didn't really like that much. That's trash. The shredded chicken, I didn't care for it. You, you were fine with it. We, we moved on to the cheesy roll-up, yeah, which is classic. literally just a tortilla topped with melted cheese and Timeless. rolled into a nice handheld snack. Timeless. Which is very boring, but it's probably Taco Bell's two best ingredients. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really, really love them. Yeah. Cheese roll-ups. They're great. They're dollar, too. <laughs> I mean, you're getting burned on that margin pretty hard, but if you're on the go. We then had the spicy tostada, which mm. is essentially if you took a hard shell taco and flattened the shell into a disc and then added way too many refried beans. Yep. And the beans made the shell so soggy that the only way to physically eat it was to fold it back into a taco Correct. shape. <laughs> Correct. It was so gross. Yeah. We, I only ate a couple bites of mine, I recall. I think I finished mine. We then had the cheesy bean and rice burrito. Their beans are just not their strong suit. I would just, I, you know, I don't mind their beans. I, I get their rice and beans every now and then. This cheesy bean and rice burrito was topped with this jalapeno sauce, which we deduced was the same sauce mm-hmm. that they use for their full-size quesadillas. Correct. So that was a tasty touch. Yeah. We then had the spicy potato soft taco. We like oh, this one I like a lot. That one a lot. The potatoes yeah. were nice. There was some really good chipotle sauce in that there. That became one of my like normal go-tos and still is to this day. I really like it's low on calories. You feel good about it, helping the earth. Uh, and it just tastes nice. There was some lettuce on there too, which I found completely unnecessary, yeah. as lettuce so often is. Yes, absolutely. Fast food lettuce specifically. We then had the triple layer nachos, which are covered in nacho cheese, beans, and quote, red sauce. <laughs> the chips were very soft, even the ones that weren't touching any of the toppings beforehand. Uh, your your quote was that you said, I would say don't get these probably ever. <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's right. Between those and the tostada, those are really the two those are the two low points yeah. of the episode. Yep. We then had the beefy mini quesadilla, which smelled weird. Yeah. Oh, I do remember how weird that smelled. And it, it, it tasted good, though. We both liked it better than the shredded chicken quesadilla, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we ended the show with the two spoiler snacks that we had actually had before, which are the cinnamon twists yep. and the caramel apple empanada. Oh, that may have been the last time I ever had a caramel apple empanada. <sighs> it was. It was for me, too. Sad day. And today, on episode 47... That's 27 episodes later. Yes, Probably 28 is. or 29 with some mini episodes. The Buffalo Chicken Nacho Fries features seasoned nacho fries, shredded chicken, shredded cheddar cheese, warm nacho cheese sauce, pico de gallo, reduced fat sour cream, and Taco Bell's first ever tangy buffalo sauce. Let's dig in. I'm so hungry. 
Can you explain what you just poured into a glass for me? I poured into a glass for you, Nathan, my first adult beverage of 2020. And I went with a nice white wine with ice cubes because in this documentary that we watched, Taylor Swift, I found out one of the few relatable and redeeming qualities I saw in this movie is that she also drinks her white wine with ice. And I thought, what a lady. Cheers. Is this a, uh, is this a Minnesota Sauvignon? It is a uh, Wisconsin Shard. I need to eat, Nathan, so can we Let's get open these, these up. Things? Good girth to them. Very good girth. What would you like in this, the size of this to, the size um, and weight? Kind of like a, uh, that's a good question. You know those things in like elementary school that are kind of like jelly? Yes! <laughs> that you oh stick your finger God. at one end and like they're... It is the exact size. <laughs> it is it is heavier than one of those. You, if you sure. ask me to find something similarly sized in my mind, Nathan, I'm going to find the exact Let's thing. try poking our fingers as far as yeah, we can and no, it's not, not made work. a hole now. I don't know what those things are called. It's like a <laughs> I liquid filled. I would have no idea trap. what to Google. I don't know either. It would bring up some weird results. <laughs> and sometimes there are like little plastic, like fish stars in it. or yeah, fish. Just yeah, just like. <laughs> if anybody knows what these things are called, please send it to please us. Please send us one. Yeah, send us one. one. Let us know in an email or on social media what the hell those things are called. Let's eat these things. Is there meat in here? Shredded chicken. Okay. The sauce, I think, is... I think it's good, not great. Mm. It's hard to tell what the sauce is. Is there, like, nacho cheese? Let me pull this back up real quick. I, don't, I know you've said it six times. Shredded chicken, shredded cheese, warm nacho cheese sauce, pico. Take the, na- take the nacho cheese sauce out, because that's mixing with the buffalo. It's hard to tell. There's also sour cream. There's a lot of liquids going on. Too many, too many sauces. Too many sauces, and they're all overriding each other. Soggy, again, the fries... Taste it is kind of... What were you going to say? I, the taste isn't bad. There's there's really not much of a distinctive flavor. Mm. I mean, since the, the buffalo sauce itself, it's kind of like the top build, you know, the exciting thing about this. And it's like you're saying, it's being washed out. Mm. It's being very diluted. I just got a strong bite, though, with a pockets. Again, we're encountering the Taco Bell pockets issue. I just bit, got a full, full-strength buffalo bite. I got some heat in my mouth right now, and it tastes very nice. But... Every other bite I've had has been overridden by sour cream and nacho cheese stepping in on buffalo sauce's territory. I pray that one day you find a sweet pocket of buffalo sauce in that burrito of yours. So just like in any other form that you'd eat them, the fries are... I mean, they've just been sitting in this burrito with all sorts of liquids, so obviously they're soft. Yep. I mean, they're not adding any flavor at all because they they already have so little flavor Yep. just on their own. Yeah. I would like this just a buffalo chicken burrito. I don't yeah, need, I mean, I need the fries. Put rice in there. Yeah, I mean, and I would, I would definitely replace this chicken with. I would just do ground beef. Just like, I, I just want something basic. Like, I, I the buffalo flavor. I don't know. It's not bad, but you got to do chicken with buffalo, though. I mean, beef buffalo beef is just weird. That's just weird. Chicken and beef. Mm-hmm. Now, if I go to Taco Bell again, which I will, I'm going to get this again, but I'm going to get it without nacho cheese and without sour cream. But you're going to leave the fries. I'm going to leave the fries. Do you, do the fries add anything for you other than just texture? No. I don't know. But you would choose to keep them on there. Yeah. I kind of like the fact that I'm, you know, mixing and matching cultures and cuisines. You just hit a pocket, didn't you? I did hit a pocket. The buffalo sauce, I think, is the only thing about this that's in any way noteworthy. I think what frustrates me is just because it's been so long since we've had them, and I feel like they should have been cooking up something better. Yeah. 
and uh, it's some sauce. It's buffalo sauce, which most places already offer. Yeah, you could have just bought it out of the bottle, mixed it up. You know, like you don't need to invent your own buffalo sauce. It's going to taste just like all the other buffalo sauces. I will say credit to Taco Bell. This is something that's totally different in terms of flavor profile than anything else on their menu. Other than other buffalo things, it is filling. I feel satisfied. Did you just say other than other buffalo things? <laughs> Correct. It's totally different other than things that I don't know similar. how many things they've tossed this buffalo sauce on. This is a new flavor profile for me from Taco Bell, and normally it all tastes the same. So I, I like that. I appreciate the fact that it's a decent size. It has filled me up. Potatoes, go Irish people. And I think it's not bad. I mean, I'm going to get this again. I honestly am. It's not great. I think that the only effect this is going to have on my life is that I might get this buffalo sauce on other items. Completely different items. Cinnamon twist. Even like a cheesy gordita crunch or something. Yeah. Maybe like be like, hey, can you throw in a quesadilla? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Chicken quesadilla. That'd be great. But that'd this great form, like you're saying, the, the cheese and the sour cream, you don't need that. No. Necessarily. Every, I'm just everything about this. I'm just... It's weird. It's 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 a weird thing. It's its own unique thing. Props to Taco Bell for shaking up shaking up things a bit, but it's so middle of the road. But it's just new. It's a new thing Taco Bell's done. I want them to get credit for a little newness, but it's not revolutionary by any means. I could be biased because I'm super hungry too. Speaking of certain mindsets affecting opinions on things, I watched this movie last night. Now, before I watched it, I'm in a decent mood, and then I got a piece of news that made me incredibly angry. It is not anything I'm going to elaborate on the show, but I got news of something and I was furious. I had to go online and send some seriously angry emails. Uh, I was... We can talk through the Iowa caucus all you want. I get it. It's very frustrating. Not that. They can't. Uh, They can't handle it. I was furious. I was so mad. And I sat down. It's 930 at night. And I thought, I have to watch this goddamn Taylor Swift movie. Rage boiling in my body. And I turned it on, and from the get-go, the notes I started writing down, it was like an out-of-body experience. I was like, this man is angry, and he's taking it out on Taylor Swift in this documentary. So I just want everyone to know, before we dive into our thoughts on this movie, that I was pissed when I was watching this movie, and I think it tainted my opinion of the movie a bit. Sorry, just to be clear, the reason you're angry wasn't at all related to... Not at all. Okay. okay. Not at all. I thought you were going to go into, like, you learned something about Taylor Swift last night. Nope. Nope. Totally separate. Just, I was very crabby when I watched this. Movie. I, you know what? I, I think it's good that you <laughs> laid that out. Oh, it is. <laughs> Trust me. Some of the points I have to touch on are just, um, to just me letting years of rage out of my body. I don't get angry very often. Pretty level-headed guy. You? <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, and when I do get super actually angry, I get very angry, and it takes a while for me to come back. Never down seen to zero. It. Never. You never probably have seen actually angry me. Um. And this movie, I just, I was mad that I had to watch it because we were recording today and I was like, I can't put it off. I have to do it. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. Let's back up for a second. Yeah. What were, what was your relationship to just her music, Mm -hmm. her in general going into this? Like before last night. Yeah. Like a week ago, if I was like, hey, what are your thoughts on Taylor Swift? I was a, I was a late adapter. Um, to Taylor Swift's music. I was kind of not into her early on like a lot of people were. I have one of my best friends, Dane, from the start of her career has been full-on obsessed to the point where there was a new, when news broke about like somebody sleeping in her bed and breaking into her house, I honestly thought it might be him. He is that obsessed. Still never really 
owned any of her albums or um, was that into her. I like a lot of her songs. I think she mm-hmm. is a good role model in a lot of ways. I think she um, has a positive impact on the world overall, I would say. Um, but I'm kind of impartial to her. I don't really, I think she's probably overhyped in some respects, but a lot of her music is really good. I think we're coming out of this actually from pretty much the same angle. Like I, she has some singles that I really, really like. Yes. Especially like four or five years ago, I think it was the 1989 album. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. got a few really great songs yeah. that I still enjoy. But like her, her, her music is so present in the world, like on the radio, or just like you just hear it at like social gatherings yeah, yeah. or like at the grocery store. Everywhere. I'm never gonna feel inclined to like seek out her music. I don't think I ever have. It's just there. Yeah. And I like it just fine. Yep. There's some of her songs that I get annoyed by. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it's a balance. So I would, I would describe myself as impartial as well. Yeah. I'm actually surprised by that. I thought you would have a strong opinion on her. Um, I liked, you know, Reputation. I actually thought had some good songs on it. Um, again, I've never seeked it out. But like just hearing them on the radio, there's good. She, she makes good music a lot of the time. Is she one of like the greatest artists ever? And in my opinion, probably not. Um, but who the hell knows? So obviously, fans of Taylor Swift are going to watch this movie. They've already watched this movie. Yeah. Here's my question to you. Mm. Do you think that Miss Americana has much to offer for people who are not already fans of Taylor Swift? I, after this movie was over, I just thought, what was the point of this documentary? Why did they not wait until something big actually happened in her life or until there was like a revelation or like a turning point of some kind? This whole movie just bounces around to different parts of her life and is like, oh, sometimes it's hard being famous. And then it's like, oh, sometimes it's even harder being famous. Sometimes it's nice being famous. And then it's like, I'm still famous at the end. And I don't understand what this was made for. I feel like they just, at a, their memory card was full. They were like, we can't make any more videos. We can't keep recording. We got to push this stuff out for some reason. It just seems like a weird placeholder movie. I don't, I, I don't know. So... Before I watched it, I think my biggest question was, like, how involved would she be, have, like, would she be in the making of this movie, you know? Because, like, whenever there's, like, documentaries about artists, it's, like, sometimes it's, like, the filmmakers are, like, trying to understand the artist and capture them from, like, an outside perspective, and the artist is, like, disconnected. Sometimes even, like, a, like, an unwilling subject. Yep. Other times it's, like, the artist woke up one day and said, I want there to be a movie about me. Yeah. And so then someone made a movie about them, which is, like, more of a PR move than anything. And, like... I think this is a total PR move. I, I, I absolutely felt that way when it started. I did. Because, like I said, like, I, I assume the film would... It, it's, it's, like, one or the other. Like, it would either be a first-hand account of her story told from her perspective, or it's, like, an attempt to understand what makes her who she is, and it, but it couldn't be both. Mm-hmm. After having watched it, I really think it's both of those things because it is from her point of view, but I think she's genuinely trying to understand herself. Like it's it's kind of a self psychoanalysis in ways. And I, I think it's it surprised me how self-aware it is, considering the fact that like, yes, she is a solo songwriter who got big when she was young off of her own songs, and like that's that's it's great, it's genuine. But at the same time, then the brand of Taylor Swift is so much bigger than her. Like there's a scene in this film when you see like, a board meeting of managers. Yeah. It's like she's the CEO of like a yeah. of a corporation is, basically, yeah. and she she is absolutely. And so I, I kind of came at it cynically. Like it can only be either an honest betrayal or it could be her own story told by her. But like it really surprised me how self aware she is about how her character flaws have played such a big role. Not just like in detrimental ways, but it's actually been like the reason for her success. I feel like this is basically an autobiography. And what the f- what? 
What the, you are just talking garbage right now. I have no what you don't think that she outlines why her character flaws. What are her character flaws? She explains like in depth about why her like desperate need to be liked and to be a good person, to be seen as a good person, were the reason for her career growth in the first place, but also why yeah. certain things is that a, crash and burn is later. Her, her flaw that you say is like, I like when people clap at me. That's like she repeats that line like I was doing everything for the claps, like for clapping. And it's like yeah, you're a performer. You chose to be a performer. You became successful as a performer. We're still digging the claps. And it's... I, I don't think... I think this movie is so shallow in terms of what it actually looks at with her. I think she scrapes uh, the surface of some, some real deep things. But I don't think it's self-aware at all. I think it's so surface level. And just to put this movie out and say... All she says is... I, I liked claps. Um, she touches on an eating disorder, which is totally fair and an issue that's real. And I, I res- respect that she touches on that. And then the Kanye West incident. And what other stuff does she touch on? Like it. Oh, so I'll, I'll just give an example. Okay. So there's a moment that I'm sure everyone watching this is familiar with when Kanye comes up on stage at the VMAs and like, I don't even know, oh eight or oh nine or something yeah. takes a mic from her and like her walking through it, even though we, we've all seen this moment, so what happens is like he comes up, yeah. he says Beyonce had the best video. He gets off stage, the whole, the whole place is like booing him. She stands there like, what? What am I gonna? What do I do now? Yeah. And, she, and it just goes to commercial. Mm-hmm. And like the way that she walks through, like she does not interpret that situation how I think an, any normal person would. She is so it, it is her greatest nightmare because she thinks this entire place is like booing her. Like all, all, all of a sudden the world has like turned on her yeah. and like she, Why? she had her, it's such a twisted ah, perspective. And I think like, that she's, she's very honest about the fact that that's not healthy. It's and, not healthy, but there's no, like I find it so incredibly hard to believe when she's just one album of the year, the whole place has applauded her on her way up there that she thinks they're actually booing her. I, again, I think a lot of this is, I mean, what it, I, I think that what that comes down to is like, I took it at face value. And if you think that she's making that up, then I, we're just coming at it from two different angles. I don't know if she's making it up. I'm just saying like, even if that is the case, every headline the next day is talking about how big of a, an asshole he is and how much everybody still loves her. Well, so sure, sure. I think I understand that that moment would be troubling. I yeah, get that. Af- as time goes on, I'm sure she understood I the did. whole picture, but I'm saying there's, there's, t- there's moments like that in this movie that it's like things that I was familiar with that n- after seeing this, it genuinely changed my outlook no. on situations like that. No. I think from the get-go, there was one scene early on where she's in the car, like early on in her career, and she's talking to someone and they're videoing. God, I sounded so old and like a dad when I said the word videoing right there. Um, they're recording her like... <laughs> She's pointing to her position on the charts. It's like on the way to a concert or something. She's like, no one's no one's going to be watching this because it's my home video. But look, 66 on the charts. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, Taylor Swift. You're filming this specifically for a future use. It's your goddamn manager or somebody <laughs> filming it. Don't give me it. It's your home video. Yeah, sure it is, Taylor Swift. I And again, I was very angry when I was watching this movie. I want to keep reiterating that. But that right there, that was when it lost me in terms of like being super sincere. And I, I'm sure a lot of this movie is. Let me, okay. Let me just rebut that. Rebut. Last summer, 
You and I, our podcast, I know won an award, was. and we were printed. It was in a magazine yeah. that we won that award. Toot toot, motherfucker! Were you not so happy that you like took a picture and like you wanted yeah. to preserve that? And yes, and guess what? I told everyone, "Hey, this is a thing that I'm going to frame at some point, and I'm very excited about this. And this is for me to show off." I didn't say what? this is just for me. It's for me to keep in my house and nobody's gonna see this it's totally just for me i think that is just such a cynical way of seeing i was very cynical when i went here here, i think that you are when you watch a scene like that after knowing that she becomes probably the biggest pop star in the world you see it through completely different lens and like if if someone today was 66 on the charts and was stoked out of their mind about it Mm -hmm. you would not be like well, screw you. You're just being, you're acting all. I'm not mad about, I don't think she's being fake in her excitement about being 66 on the chart. It's the home video. Nobody's going to see this part that gets me of that line. Her joy is real. Why, why, why would she think that she's, she's barely starting to break in? Why would she, you think that she just like knew she'd be huge, but was just being coy she about is, it? She's on the, yeah, I do. I do. I what? truly do. What? I don't know. She had her first song at 66 on the charts, and she's like 17 years old, and you think that she's just like... She was already killing it. She was already on radio shows. She was... That was the first song. The rocket had been ignited, and it was on its way out of the... I cannot the believe... I get Whatever. that you were in a bad okay. mood when let's, you saw this, but like, move, that is let's just move like... past that line, all right? I'll give you it. I'll give you that. Oh I was wrong God. about it. She's so pure... What a goddamn! It's not about being so pure. I'm like you're you're hitting me with straw man arguments here. I'm not no. I'm not saying that she's like Mm-mm. oh my god. It's just a, it, don't I think when, you're, this? when your manager, your talent manager, the fact that you have a manager is filming you on the way to a concert to say no one's going to see this because it's my home video is a little insincere. That is oh my, my whole god. argument. We need to move past Can this because I do no. I think that it? you are so completely wrong oh my about god. that. You think having a manager means that you're guaranteed world fame? No, someday? but he's clearly recording it for future use or to like send to her grandparents. Oh my god! You okay? Please, please just I don't continue. Think, do you think music managers are sending like lovely notes to their artist grandmothers? They're like known to be vicious, super focused on making money type people. Whatever. You, people have managers. If, without, if you've got an issue with this, I've got five pages of notes that are going to light. Oh my you god. Okay, up. so I do want to say I do want to save a lot of this for like a spoiler segment, even yeah. though it's not like spoilers. Like, yeah, it's real life, and you might know about some of the stuff. I do want to like maybe save some of the stuff yeah. that this touches on. I will say, not everything is super cynical. There were a few moments where my heart opened up. One thing that I genuinely really enjoyed about this movie is how I. Along the same lines of what you said earlier, I at first I was like, what's really the arc here? What is, like, I get, I, I'm not, like, disliking this actively, but I also don't really get where we're going as a whole. Because, obviously, this is just, like, she's in the middle of her story in yep. real life. So, like, yep. where is this going? And by the end, I, I feel like it's, she's trying to, I guess, like, retake her narrative. Like, the movie starts out, like, being about her the narrative of her rising as like this America's sweetheart, you know, sure. it, it spends very little time on that. Really, yeah. It jumps right into. It does a really the, good job of presenting her young years as like a confident stage performer, though. But like, and literally the five minute mark, it's like twenty eighteen. Yeah. Like it jumps through it very fast, which I appreciate. It, the movie more so focuses on these dramatic narratives she got caught up in. Despite like, there's like this famous line of her saying, "I, I don't want to be a part of this narrative." It's about the stuff that she didn't want to get caught up in, basically, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> she kind of went into hiding for a while, and it's. The movie I, I did enjoy kind of later on. It's about the the career narratives that like she feels like she has to take either for business reasons or like for societal reasons because like 
it's really shitty but there is even though she's one of the biggest artists in the world there is still pressure on her that's so different than like than any male artist i just appreciate that this is a like for her i can imagine this movie being being therapeutic like it is i wish she kept it in her home movie console it is from her point of view i don't think that this is an attempt to objectively document her like it, it like i said it's personal it's narrow in scope relatively what it's mostly about two years of her life 95 percent of this movie is about two years of her life that is narrow in scope she's been famous for 13 years i thought you were saying in terms of the topics and everything it covers in time it is narrow in scope sure did you ever see the movie i tanya yeah okay so for listeners who haven't that's where margot robbie played tanya harding great movie that movie recounts a story that most people are familiar with at least on a surface level and there's this moment in i tanya where margot robbie as tanya harding is explaining how those events and the media coverage affected her personally. And at one point, she confronts the audience directly. And she confronts them with the role they all played as media consumers at that time. I've never seen that in a full theater, and there was like a total stunned silence after that, because it really does make you look back at yourself. Yeah. It's it's holding a mirror to the audience. Because yep. like to the public, that whole Tanya Harding stuff, that whole controversy was just a juicy story. And like in retrospect, we can say... The media coverage wasn't handled as well as it could have been. But the media just shows its consumers what they want to see. Mm -hmm. Like, the media is a collection of businesses, and you are the consumer. And the public was thirsty for this stuff. And so Margaret Robbie is saying, no one person is responsible for how this played out. You are all responsible to some degree, and you should all think about how your habits as consumers of media can affect others. And not to as much of a degree, but I think that Miss Americana is doing a similar thing for a different generation of viewers because many of us remember the stuff that happened between her and Kanye and the media coverage that surrounded it like all the stories all the tweets and like the Tanya Harding story the reality of the situation is complicated but like in the court of public opinion it was very simple you're either for her or you were against her and again we all eat this shit up and I found it actually moving how this documentary confronts the viewer about their assumptions and the role that we all play in this stuff because mm. this is like I think it's something that we genuinely need a reminder of every now and then of like yes I know oh poor her she's one of the biggest artists in the world she's wealthy and everything but like she is still a person who experiences the same insecurities probably the emotions we feel to an even to an exponential degree because it's like no one can relate to her she's on the world stage at all times she's There's- paranoid and there's a I whole think the industry of people who can relate to her, and there's a whole industry that knows. Oh, if you get famous, this is what comes with it. That's not. It shouldn't be a surprise. Like fame comes with hyper focus on you. Fame comes with division of people loving you or hating you. Fame comes with paparazzi. Fame comes with no privacy. People know this. I don't. That's why people tell them not to chase fame. Like, and I don't think that she's. I don't think in this movie she's like complaining that oh man I want to be famous without those things. I no, think she's that it's, complaining that she's famous. I don't. I think she's, it is much more nuanced than that. I don't think great. she's saying I wish I wasn't famous. She's saying I don't want all these things that come with fame, but really like my private chat and everything that all the. I think she's presenting it as much more complicated than just something as simple as that. I don't think it is that complicated though. Is what I'm trying to say. Like if you're famous. Yes, you get fame, you get money, you get glory. Guess what else you get with it? Everything else you've seen, every famous person before you deal with. It's a trade-off. That's, like, what it is. And in my mind, I don't think it's surprising that, like, oh, there's paparazzi following me. People want to meet me. 
people are cheering outside my house probably 24 hours a day because she's one of the biggest stars in the world. Like, there are people who can relate to her. There's several musicians. There's movie stars who can relate to her. And I'm <laughs> I mean, that's, that like, is a minuscule portion of population. Well, for any person, there's not a lot of people who can directly relate to their experience. I would say famous people have a lot more people who can de- relate directly to the things they're experiencing than a normal person. Okay, I'm going to agree or disagree with you there. Fine. But, um, like I said, I enjoy this movie. It's fine. It's like the Taco Bell buffalo chicken burrito of documentaries. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think it's it is fine. much better than that burrito. It's, I don't understand the point of it. I don't understand. There's no arc in this movie, I don't think. It is. It bounces around so abruptly and randomly, it seems like, and then just ends on almost almost a low point, like, in I mean, terms it, of intensity and excitement, not, like, in her life. I think that, yeah. I, I mean, I see what you mean. Again, it ends because it caught up to life. Like, yeah. So that's wait. Maybe wait till you have a better movie and put it out then. <laughs> like you don't need a documentary about your life at twenty nine. If you view it as like an autobiography that's about her narrative, I think that it ends in not the most satisfying spot, but for her personally, I think it ends in probably the highest point that she's been in a long time. Not because she's the the most successful or famous as she's ever been, but like to herself, like she's kind of at her personal peak. And at the end, like I get why. She's happier now than she probably yeah, ever has she's been. she's not doing everything for claps like she has been her entire life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great. That's part of the arc is is her coming to that realization that like I know, but because as again, we're going to go into spoilers, but like there's a point in this film where she has to accept that something she wants to do to make to be able to live with herself is going to hurt her standing on the world stage to some degree, and so she realizes that like. If the number one motivator in your life is the claps, it's making sure everyone likes you. If that's all you care about, you're not going to be happy. No shit. Like, well, you say no shit. Yeah, every, yes. Yeah, every sixteen-year-old today wants to be like a famous YouTuber. Yeah. Guess what? Sixteen-year-olds are fucking dumb. That's my whole point. She's twenty-six, do you, still do you, doing the same thing, and she's, she's been, not. She's not doing the same thing. She's learned. Oh, she's grown. I'm saying when she's twenty-six, not when she's twenty-nine. When she's twenty-six, she's you doing don't, the same do you, fucking like, thing. Well, Genuinely, do you think that there's any younger people who will watch this and maybe learn something about the pursuit of no, fame? No. You don't you don't think that young any young person are, could be like, "Oh, I hadn't really thought about that before." If you the if if you think people out there don't understand what comes with fame, I'm honestly surprised. Like, uh, do you think that everyone is just like, "You know what? If I become famous, I'm going to have people sleeping in my bed like strangers?" Uh, no, but that's an extreme example. I think I'm going to have paparazzi following me. I'm going to fame being people know what comes with being famous. I I think that this movie goes deeper than just paparazzi. Like, it's not just like, oh, you're going to be followed everywhere. It's no, it's her wanting claps and talking about clapping and not like it's, it's just again, it seems so shallow to me. Like, go deeper. If she wants to open herself up and talk more about it, talk beyond the claps. There are so many lines that I wrote down that are just surface level bullshit. That she has poured out. And it's like, if you want to portray yourself as like being real and opening yourself up, maybe get past the line about fucking clapping. That's the whole movie is what she's talking about. I mean, if you had to like guess, what what more do you think is under the surface? Like what, do you think that there's, was there, were there moments where you're like, oh, I wish she would have gone into that more. Or I wish that. No, because she doesn't go into anything other than claps. Okay, but like, I really don't know what you're trying to get at. I don't get what you, I think, I think you're. You're saying that you wish you had she had gone deeper into herself, but like you're assuming that there's 
that there's stuff to go into. I don't. I just don't get yeah. what. I don't get feelings. What actual like just the. You lines, don't think there was feelings? The lines she repeats in this movie are like it was just to me all about the clapping. I feel like she says that forty seven times in this movie, and she says, "Oh, and that wasn't right." And it's like talk about how down you were when you realized that wasn't right. Talk more in detail about your specific feelings, examples of this, instead of just the clapping as like this overbearing thing that's hanging over all the time that she's only thinking about. And it's like, just get, get deeper, go into more detail than just, I was doing it for the clapping. That's all. I'm, if you're going to try to be real and connect with people, get beyond the clapping. Like I just, I hated how much they hit on that line. It drove me insane. As you can clearly tell. We are going to get into our spoiler segment momentarily, but before we do that, let us hear a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by JP's Private Jets. Whether you're just a regular multimillionaire, an award-winning musical artist, or just somebody related to or remotely in the gravitational pull of somebody famous, JP's PJs has you covered. We'll pick you up anywhere and bring you everywhere you want to go with no hassle and no worries, so you're free to complain about how hard you have it at 30,000 feet with a gourmet meal and champagne in front of you. JP's Private Jets. Get away from the riffraff. And we're back, and it's time for Spoiler Snacks, which is the part of the show where we talk all the details about the film, and we also eat a snack. And we've pretty much exhausted all of our options at Taco Bell. They really do not offer many sweets, especially now that the empanada's gone. Ugh. And so, uh, I got us a drink, I as I know you you love for me to get for mm-hmm. you. And uh, why don't you go ahead and open your eyes? <sighs> it's so blue. It's so artificially blue. This is the electric blue raspberry freeze. Oh my god! So this you is experienced how bad one of their artificial flavored freezes was months ago. This is no regular freeze. This is their blue raspberry freeze, but paired with a sour swirl that will have your taste buds buzzing and begging for more. <laughs> begging for more. I guarantee I will not be begging for more after this. You might. Oh, daddy. Oh, my God. It's like. It's like. Oh. Oh, it's so sour. <laughs> it's so tart. That's really, really. Oh, my jaw's like clenching shut. This is a sweet tart. Oh, my God. It's so tart. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't listening to the description, but I want to. What it's. It is meant to be sour. Okay. Would you describe yourself as buzzing and begging for more? Honestly, buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, buzzing. Begging for more. No. Uh, this is one of the strangest things I've ever drank through a straw. How is it that tart and kind of like almost like a pop rock effect when you first sip it? Like not popping, but but rocking. Oh my god, I'm so perplexed by this. Ugh, there's no way you can finish that. It- <laughs> there's no way. We'll see. How many grams of sugar? This is has to be off the charts with sugar. I'm gonna guess over 60, 70 grams of sugar in this. 39 grams of sugar. How many servings per? This is a 20-ounce serving. It's 20 ounces, right? Sure. I think this is surprisingly healthy. Oh, my God. It's only 180 cals. It's just ice. (laughs) It's ice ice and and sour. I don't understand who drinks this. Teenagers drink this. Kids would drink this. Yeah, I would drink this. (laughs) It hurts my teeth. It is so much more... Sour than it is raspberry. There's no raspberry flavor in this. Sauce. That's literally that's what the blue is just well, blue raspberry, and the green is supposedly these sour streaks. Mm-mm. 
Mm-mm. And it looks, it visually, it looks like it'd be mostly raspberry with a touch of sour, but it is, again, sour this is with no raspberry. Crushed sweet tarts, mm. frozen in a cup. Oh, God. It's hard to drink. It's more, I think I'm, my body's like forcing it to my mouth because it likes the sugar so much. I'm getting the dopamine dump, but. Oh, yeah, I'm still going. What are the ones that are like sweet tarts, but are um, not powdery? They got the smooth exterior. Sprees. Yeah, yeah. I like sprees. This reminds me of like sour sprees. Uh, I don't know if you ever yeah. tried those. Yeah, no, yeah. Those are great. That's, that's pretty apt. I'm done with this because it is making my body do weird things. I'm like convulsing. I'm going to keep nursing mine. No more frozen drinks. I can't tell you enough. They're never good. They're never good. I'm just going to tell you this. Looking at their menu of, they have a section that's like drinks and sweets. We've had literally every other item on that portion of the menu. This is the last one we have not had. How can it be that hard? Just like replace the empanada with something new. I don't get it. The They've only bring that the only empanada. like dessert you know little treat is the cinnabon delights and the cinnamon twist. Don't forget my cinnamon okay, twist. Okay, but oh my god, they're delightful. If they were, they'd be called the delights, but they're not. <laughs> what a twist! I love a good. Um, I love concerts. Like you know, I I went to like small local shows growing up, but I love. A nice, huge production value, yeah. big concerts. Agreed. I love a good concert entrance. Yeah. I, I like concert wardrobes. Like, yep. I, I eat that stuff up. We're showmen. And yeah. absolutely. Regardless of like yeah. one's thoughts on like the music or even Taylor Swift in general, the moment when she comes out in that hood mm. and are just you, like the booming bass. Are you ready for it? I, I, got, some, I got some gooseies. I, uh, I have seen Taylor Swift in concert. Um, okay. And she is a, a showwoman. She's great. Uh, I can't knock her ability to put on an amazing concert because she knocked me off my socks <laughs> when I saw her live. Which is saying something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's she's great. I think she's great at <laughs> putting on a concert. Not going to fight that one, shockingly. <laughs> uh, also, I, I appreciated the behind-the-scenes songwriting bits and kind of her putting together her songs. I thought that that's great footage. I wish they would have waited till she's 60 and they have a whole career of this. Um, to put together, but I was angry, and uh, those little bits were were cool. The um, I, I wrote, before you move on from that, mm. I think that the, the the studio moments those are my favorite bits in the entire movie. I just love I love the creative process. I love collaborating. Yeah, like same. there's something so special about when you're on to something Making and your and your collaborator helps you kind of get there together. Oh, it's so magical. This is the uh, that's the most side-handed compliment I've ever gotten, Nathan. But I love it. I love doing. <laughs> Actually, it not you. Mm-hmm. I played in a band in high school. Mm-hmm. Actually, in college, mm-hmm. and that was much more happened a lot I've more then. I've heard about your band. Were they and in honestly, magazine? it <laughs> her song that came out last year called "Me." I do not like that song. I think it's hmm. very annoying. I think it was made when I first heard it. I was like, this was made to be in a Target commercial. I dislike it very strongly. But even that song, seeing her in the studio with Brendan Urie, it like they still have those like the cynical part of me thinks like these songs are like manufactured and they're like it's designed by committee of like oh we're gonna make the song that sounds so perfect in every format on the radio and it'll be mm-hmm. work for all these great things but it's like no it was two artists in a room and these producers and engineers that are also great at their job people just in a room who all love creating stuff and they get together and they're like let's make this song and they just help each other get there yeah and like those melodies that get stuck in your head for months or years were just like 
bouncing ideas back and forth, and it just worked. Yes. You know? I, yeah. I love that so much. Every, I mean, every one of those moments was film, which, again, I wish there were more of, but, like, those were all yeah. great. I think they were really They were. Great. They were fun to watch. I enjoyed those as well, and I will not knock those. Now, everything else on your list, I probably will. It's, I have to say, the white wine <laughs> and the amount of sugar in this <laughs> sour drink are both getting me revved up. I was just going to say that after taking a sip of the the freeze and then drinking the wine the wine tastes like dirty water <laughs> because there's the sweetness is completely gone my tongue there's not the the pupil of my tongue has fully dilated yeah or the opposite of dilated whatever yeah and uh it cannot taste anything in this wine no i mean compared to the amount of flavor and the power coming from these sour drinks any other beverage on earth <laughs> tastes like water i mean th- these are potent the most potent beverage i've ever drank Okay, here's something that I think that you'll uh, you'll you'll like. I realized early on in this film, I think that Taylor Swift <laughs> is... You can't even say whatever you're about to say with a straight face. I think Taylor Swift is the yin to Billie Eilish's yang. Oh my fucking God. Because, here, let me, let me walk you through this. Don't. Walk backwards. Don't walk backwards. <laughs> walk it back. What? Walk it back. So... They both started like blowing up at the same age, and they both were like particularly known for making music that was so personal to them. So like they're on such similar tracks in one regard, but in other ways they are complete opposites. Because like Taylor's first big song was a tribute to like a beloved country star. Literally, it was called Tim McGraw. Mm. Whereas Billy is like she's proud that she doesn't know about people who were famous like twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and like her entire persona is. Literally the bad guy. Like she wants, she's edgy. I I love her music, but like yeah. it's it's her thing. It's yep. edgy for sure. for youngsters. Sure. Whereas Taylor was obsessed with being everyone's sweetheart and being so well liked by everybody. And like we've kind of gone. It kind of makes this full circle of like they are somehow so similar yet so complete opposites. You could draw. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, and I've. You could say, oh, you know, they both got famous uh, in their teens in the music industry, uh, and they both had a lot of success. <laughs> and it's one's kind of darker, and the other's uh, more poppy. You could do that with 46 <laughs> musical artists and say they're the yang to each other's yang. I hate everything that just came out of your mouth and I there's not enough sour drink in the world to get this. I didn't think my I could get a more sour taste in my mouth and now I have and I hate it so much another thing I hated in this movie she is like talking about her music and like how she became successful and it's like again I respect her as a songwriter I get that and she's like she says something like every artist has their own thing like and if I didn't write my own music I wouldn't be here today and I was like, that's not really your own thing, though. Like, a lot of people write their own music. You don't get to be like, I write my own music. That's why I'm here today. Because everyone's got their own thing, but I write my own music. And I was like, I, I, I get what you mean. It's certainly not unique to her, but in, in, in the portion, I know. I, I mean, know. in the portion of the industry that she broke into, that actually was, it's pretty rare. So just to, like, purely write their, your own music. Like, there's thousands of ghostwriters who are writing all the radio hits. If I were to draw a metaphor that defines how I think of this movie and Taylor Swift in general, there's a scene 
in which her private jet is taking off and her meal starts to move. And her and her mother, like, grab their food and are like, oh, no! That's what I imagine Taylor Swift's life struggles as right there. That's, in relation to everyone else on Earth, that's it to me. <laughs> we don't need to relitigate this, but, like, okay, you don't think... I was pissed Do you I think that, movie? like, an eating disorder that's egged on by the media talking about that you weigh too much and too little at the same time, do you think that that's not, like, a serious life struggle? I absolutely do think it's a serious life struggle. Everyone has serious life struggles. Okay, but you're saying that she, her biggest problem is like holding on to her food because... I think somebody who has an eating disorder who doesn't have millions of dollars and a team around her probably struggles harder with an eating disorder than somebody who I mean, has I, all that. Is all I, don't, I don't know how they can even be compared, but also there's literally news segments in this movie that show, like I, just like I'm saying, yeah. the entire world is telling her how to look. Yes, that's something that most people with eating disorders don't deal with. They don't so, have the entire world. They have their entire high school. They have their entire family. Right, I'm, but it's, it's different. That's all I'm saying is that... I agree that's it's, different. You really... I don't know how you can really compare those. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I've Neither never, can I. I've never dealt with that Neither before. Neither can I. And obviously when I say that, I don't think your struggles are as bad as some other people's. Uh, I'm not trying to negate the, the sexual assault case or anything like that. Obviously, I, I feel strongly that that's a terrible thing and a terrible struggle. A ton of people deal with it. I know too many people who have dealt with it. Not trying to downplay that at all. I am talking mainly outside of that. What else you got? She eats a burrito. Uh, she's pretty revved up about that. Um, when Kanye came in, I had like I was kind of surprised by that. I agree. Her walking through that incident, I was like, yeah, it's a different perspective. And then I thought every news article the next day talked about what a big piece of trash she was, and she made that seem like it like totally changed her life, which maybe it did. I don't it know. It one hundred percent changed her life. I think it just. Did it? What? I mean, that was like... It was a huge news story. What in her life changed? She... Okay, at that point, she was not a... This, like, world-known superstar. She was pretty big, but she was... She was... That was like... We're talking, like, first album still. And then off of this, it was like... She won, like, a video award. And now she's like... This is, like, the biggest controversy for, like, a month. She's just being talked about. Like, I think that it changed both of their... I mean, it, it changed... I like to think it changed his career more than her career. I don't know about personally how it changed them, but they were both affected, I think, very long term. I think, a, I think one of the main issues that I have and probably a reason why I, I look at things a lot differently than, than you on the topics we're discussing. Later on, it's, you know, she's talking about, you know, negative articles about her and Taylor, hashtag Taylor Swift is over. And I think right. it's the same mentality of like doing everything for claps. Like if you... A, I want to take on Twitter trending topics in general right now. Twitter is a fucking garbage dump of people. We're on Twitter. There are some great people on Twitter. It can be very informative. But if you are giving any weight to trending hashtags on Twitter in any way in your life and letting that affect you, you need to take a step back and realize that it is not important at all. It is gone in hours and sure, there might be news articles written about it. It might stick in your memory. But like, if you are letting trending Twitter topics control any part of your life or what you think about yourself, I feel like you really need to reevaluate your own life and what you value in terms of you know people's opinions and what's important or what should be shaping you. Like, I think that part made I me think that furious. she. That's one of the many things that she realizes in retrospect. I don't think she in does. this film. I I think that that's one of the. Again, many things that she comes to terms with is she's like, this was 
everything to me. She's like on top of the world. And she's basically got this. She's got like an empire. Like she's doing like arena tours. Like she's just on top in so many ways. And all that is fueled by the people. And then suddenly the people. It's not en masse. People, it's a bunch of idiots on Twitter. Like it's probably people who weren't even Taylor Swift fans to begin with tweeting that stupid hashtag. Right. But you, but you understand how someone who was like. Someone who has the insecurities that would lead them to believe that that entire VMA night that everyone was booing them, which is, seems irrational to us, but like that's the kind of person that we're dealing with. That's the kind of like mindset that she's got. It's it's warped. It is warped. It's maybe not how most people would react to those kind of situations. But I, again, I think she's I think she's being pretty like self aware and like kind of confronting her own problems because. It is a problem. She is, she, but I think she realized. I don't that. think she's learned that you seem to think like she's different. Like at the end of this movie where she makes a political statement, the first thing she does is like log onto her Instagram and start looking at comments. Like what has she learned? I mean, I think that I'm, while I'm sure that those insecurities are still there to some degree, like obviously they are in some way, but like, I think that through that, through the last few years of her life, she learned that like there is, Worse things that can happen to you than losing a bunch of fans because when she when she comes out to endorse politicians she lost some a lot of fans like maybe not half yeah, of them she's, maybe she's not half of her fans no but I'm but like you understand how like a few years earlier in her life she wouldn't have been willing to do that but it's kind of in part because of what she went through I think that she realized it's okay this stuff it is ebbs and flows this is growing up in general though she is growing up congratulations you are learning as an adult that opinions of others don't matter as much everyone does this and i think this is just a really self-indulgent way of her being like oh i finally i don't even think she does at the end again because she's still logging onto social media to figure out what people think of her but when you grow up you realize people are most people are terrible a their opinions shouldn't shape how you feel about yourself or what how you value yourself. And congrats on her getting there. Maybe. I don't know. I, I respect her songwriting. I respect everything about that but and her abilities. But, like, this doc to me just seems so self-indulgent. And, like, her patting herself on the back for doing what almost everyone else does. And for, I don't know, learning a lesson that... I think she should have learned much earlier. I mean, I, while I disagree with a lot of what you're saying, I don't think that you're completely off base in saying that she's learning what most people learn at a younger age. Because like she says at one point, the age you become famous, you kind of become stuck at that age. And like anyone who becomes famous before they're like, you know, 18, 20, like, like actually becoming an adult, there's lessons of growing up that the rest of us get to have around that age that they don't get to have in the same way. And that she is, I think she's, again, she's being honest about it. She's like, hey, I'm learning this now because I kind of had a, you know, like stilted growth. Like, this isn't a natural way to grow up. So I am growing up now. I think, I think it's, she's aware of that. I don't know. I feel like she says the same thing over and over at like nine different ages. And it doesn't seem to be sticking very well. I, again, I'm pro- I'm being way too critical and mean because I was just angry when I watched this, and I'm mainly reading my notes of, from Angry Me. I definitely see your side more than I'm letting on, but I want to make you argue for it. I think like her, the political part of this was like I feel like she wants to frame herself as like a like I I really took a stance by like backing a politician, and she like writes a song that like only the young can run, and it's like 
only the young can run is like the it's that's the anti-fascist anthem we've all been waiting for like and it's barely connected to politics at all and then she's like i think she says towards the end like i want to wear pink and tell you how i feel about politics and i don't think that they have to cancel each other out and it's like who the fuck is saying that it has to cancel each other out i i just don't understand who's like persecuting her so much that she thinks she can't wear pink and tell people what she thinks about politics i i don't know it's just it just felt really self-indulgent to me this whole movie um and again i don't think from the start of this movie to the end of this movie that she has grown that much or changed as a person that much just my two cents probably way off base don't know enough about her but i didn't see much growth in this in, in during this movie I think that we're going to be talking in circles and uh, I don't really have much else to say about this film. Um, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I clearly enjoyed it a lot more than you did. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, there's a lot of cool, <laughs> there's a lot of cool footage. There is. I just don't think, I don't think that I'm going to like mourn for her struggles at any point. I don't think this movie made me feel like it just doesn't seem like she's, it, it, they made this movie too early. Like, it doesn't seem like she's really learned much. I want to hear what she says about these events and things when she's 40, not when she's 29 and really doesn't have much to say about them in general that is meaningful or impactful. Well, I think you're in luck because there'll probably be more of these. They will. I'm... God. If she just... If Taylor Swift, like, stepped away from the spotlight entirely... Do it. Would you feel like the stuff that she's saying would then be authentic like it would actually she'd be kind of like backing up what she's saying or do you you, are you saying that by her continuing to make albums to go on tour that she's kind of being hypocritical i would say that it's slightly hypocritical um i don't think what she's saying is inauthentic i just think again i think she wants to be you know to say how hard it is to do all this and it's like you're she's still churning that machine that's cranking out money and along with it, every negative aspect of the fame, too. Like, as long as she keeps doing that, she should know that, like, that stuff's not going to change. Well, that is where our podcast oh, is headed. God. I'm going to get some heated letters on this one. And you can find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, <sighs> Anchor.fm, or wherever else you find your podcasts. You can also grab some of your very own Fast Food Film Friends stickers or shirts or mugs at FastFoodFilmFriends.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at Fast Food Film Friends, Twitter at FFFF Podcast, Facebook at Fast Food Film Friends, or email us at FastFoodFilmFriends at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on one of those. We post a lot of fun stuff. We ask for your input on a lot of things, too. So get at us on, on one of those things. And until next time, farewell. farewell.